What's up? Welcome to the Danny Picard Show, Wednesday, January 28, 2015. The snow isn't gone, but there is some sun today, so some of it's getting melted. I, I did get to go home last night. I got to leave the studio. I got to leave Beantown Athletics. We were snowed in two nights ago, so I had to stay over here in Dorchester, and we did the show yesterday, completely snowed in, and here we are today with a lot of snow outside, a day after media day, though. There's no snow in Arizona. There's a lot of garbage, though, that's still still being spewed from some people in Arizona with regards to Deflategate. We just can't get away from it. Um, and you have some more national personalities speaking out about the Patriots. Now, there is one guy, though, that is defending Tom Brady and has defended Bill Bill, at least the New England Patriots, recently, in the last couple days. That's Michael Irvin. We'll get to his quotes in a minute. But here's the... See, this is how foolish this whole deflategate has become, because yesterday we talked about how we moved on to the, the Patriots' locker room attendant taking the footballs into the bathroom, right? That's what we got to. And... People automatic, automatically assume that this is shady. And when he was in the bathroom, he took a pen and he deflated the Patriots footballs. Now, he went. there's a couple facts to this story that people just want to completely ignore. And the two major facts that I really want to point out is that, one, this ball boy took, or whatever he was, locker room attendant took both bags of footballs for both teams into the bathroom. That's the report. So he didn't just take the Patriots. He took the Colts balls, too. Colts balls and the Patriots balls. (laughs) Right? He goes in there for 90 seconds, about 90 seconds. Right? It could be 85 seconds. If it was 85 seconds, you'd say about a minute and a half. Right? About 90 seconds. So that's how long he was in there for. The other fact here that people seem to ignore is that the Patriots are the ones that gave the NFL the videotape that showed this locker room attendant going into the bathroom, and they gave it to the league at the very beginning of this investigation, which, from everything that I hear, was, what, Sunday night after the AFC Championship game and into Monday morning. The Patriots are the ones that provided this videotape. Now, you've heard the Patriots recently. You heard Bill Belichick on Saturday. He was adamant. He said, we, you know, di- look, we we got to the Super Bowl because we're the best team in the AFC, okay? And a lot of teams mess with their footballs. In fact, every team does. Every quarterback does things to get a grip. He even talked about Spygate, sort of rolling his eyes at that and said, hey, look, everybody was doing it. And then you also had 80,000 people watching the scene, the same signals that we were seeing. So once we were told to stop, we stopped. You know, he just he, he smacked a lot of people in the face with some common sense. He was adamant about it, though. And then Robert Kraft, two nights ago, gets off the plane, you know, hijacks the Super Bowl press conferences. I don't even think he was supposed to speak. And he says, look, the league, when this is over, they owe us an apology. Now, for an organization... 
that provided the NFL with the videotape of this locker room attendant. Do you really think that they are going to speak out this adamantly right now while the investigation is not over? If they thought that something in that bathroom for 90 seconds, if the thing that happened in that bathroom was the ball boy deflating footballs for the purpose of giving the Patriots a competitive edge, I mean, it's just insane, right? So that was the story we left you off with yesterday. And the poll of the day yesterday, I'll give you the results right now. The poll of the day yesterday on dannypicard.com, which which is where you're listening to the show, and you can hear it five days a week. The question was, poll of the day, what was the Patriots locker room attendant doing in the bathroom? A, was he relieving himself? B, was he deflating footballs? C, Was he combing his hair? Or D, taking a selfie with footballs in the mirror? Now, the results of this poll. 70% say that the Patriots locker room attendant was relieving himself. He was in there using the bathroom. You know, using the bathroom for the reason that the bathroom is there. All right? 6% 6% said deflating footballs. 4% said calming his hair. 20% said taking a selfie with footballs. That was, that was higher than I thought that would be. So, But 70% relieving himself, that's the winner for the poll of the day. I'll give you the poll today in just a moment. But that's where we last stood. Now, I wake up this morning. You read some of the stories that are out there because yesterday was media day. And uh, you see what transpires last night. Well, if you go to the... An interesting story jumped right off the, the page to me, right off the screen. I go to the New York Daily News. Now, okay, I get it. You know, how seriously are you going to take this story? But, but, but this, actually, this actually happened. And to give you a vibe as to what people are now doing and where they're taking this story now, this is where they're going with it. Here's the story. Headline says, how easy is Deflategate? A news reporter shows that 12 footballs can be softened in just 40 seconds. Here's the story. It says in the New York Daily News, it says, you don't need 90 seconds to screw with some balls in a bathroom. I did it in 40. Like any football fan, I've been obsessed with Deflategate. So when I heard that a Patriots locker room attendant reportedly took 12 AFC championship game balls into a bathroom for 90 seconds, I decided to see if it was even possible to please Tom Brady in so little time. So I pulled out the corporate card, bought 12 top-of-the-line balls, and inflated them to 13 pounds per square inch, which is PSIs. Then, curious to see how long it would take to deflate one ball to Brady's liking, I stuck in a pin, heard the telltale pss for 2.2 seconds, and rechecked the pressure with a gauge. It was 11 PSIs. Do the math. Deflating 12 balls would be easier than toasting Jet cornerback Darren Walls. So (laughs) I loaded the dozen fully inflated pigskins into a big Ikea bag and did what I do best take my balls into the bathroom to simulate what the Pat's assistant possibly did. My personal deflate gate took just 40 seconds. Add in a few baubles in the time it took to get in and out of the bathroom stall, and the entire affair took me just 77 seconds, well under the 90-second deadline. Afterwards, I handled the equipment and immediately realized the advantage of softer balls. 
even just a pound or two of pressure, which is not easy to detect by just picking up the ball. But it made them much easier to pass and catch. Tossing one over to sports editor Bill Price, I felt like Mark Sanchez. And not the bad Mark Sanchez who made me want to burn my season tickets, but the good Mark Sanchez who once made me believe in miracles. Bottom line, clearly a Patriots assistant who is quite accustomed to handling Tom Brady's precious balls could easily have turned the January 18th conference championship game into a joke. All he needed was 40 seconds, a men's room stall, and deflated ethics. That's the story on the New York Daily News. And that is how embarrassing this story has become. That we now have grown men going out, buying 12 footballs, which, by the way, the story's already wrong from the first two paragraphs. The, the ball boy took 24 footballs in there. He took two. He took the Colts balls, too, from as far as everything that I've read. So he didn't just take 12. He took 24. So you should have took 24 in there. So you're already a little wrong. But you took 12 this is what we're doing. Grown men are going out buying footballs, going into bathrooms, sticking pins in them to take air pressure out, and they're timing themselves with it. Uh, come on now. This is this has come down to pure stupidity. This is what this this pure stupidity. And then at the end, this is what pissed me off. I handled the balls, realized the advantage, threw them to my sports editor. But then he goes and says, then he goes on to say. It's not easy to detect by just picking up the ball. But it made them easy to pass and catch. What? You pick it up when you pass and catch it, right? What are you doing? You, 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 you pick it up and then you kick it to someone? I mean, and who are these guys throwing the football back and forth? Are they, uh, you know, are they a top-of-the-line athletes? like to see, what, you know, who are these guys? But this, this is a joke, right? Look, I once did an experiment. When Clay Buckholtz, the pitcher for the Red Sox here in Boston, was accused of using bullfrog sunscreen on his forearm to get a better grip on the baseball, which I rolled my eyes at as well because I said every you know people are doing things to get a grip on the baseball. It's a similar topic, but we did a test on YouTube. You can do it. Yeah, it gave me a better grip, but everybody's getting a better grip. But I did that. I did that in jest. I was just messing around. I wasn't really serious. I mean, we were joking around. That was a joke because I made the whole issue a joke. These people are serious. These are serious tests that people are doing. They're going into the bathroom with 12 footballs and taking air out of them and timing themselves. Please get a life. Please find something else to report. You got to do something. The, uh, the Rachel Maddow show uh, also did another test. Everybody's saw, doing I a test. I started on Boston. People are clowns. They got this clown in the bathroom. Oh, it's hilarious. They should put it. They should have a. Somebody should do it with a legit certified clown. Do it with paint on his face and the fake red wig, curly wig, and the colorful suit and the big shoes. They get Ronald McDonald in a bathroom. There's a good McDonald's commercial. Here's what happens in McDonald's bathrooms. Here's what's happening in, in bathrooms all over the country outside New England. It's a bunch of clowns. With 12 footballs, seeing how long it takes to deflate them. Have we, have we just, and again, what pisses me off about this is that people are just automatically ruling out that the kid had to take a piss. This, that's just, that's not possible. And, and by the way, this, this guy only got through eight balls in 90 I, seconds. I don't, to be honest, Pete, Pete, to be honest, and even the story that I read, I don't give a shit about the results. I don't care. 
I don't care how long it takes you to deflate the footballs. I don't care. Look, again, this facts people are ignoring. The Patriots provided this video. They provided it. Okay? Now, I know what you're saying. Well, they had to because they would have cut out anyways. It would have looked bad on them. But but they've been so adamant about this. Wouldn't you just keep your mouth shut and stick to the Patriot way? They've gone anti-Patriots on us in the media the last half week. And it's shocking. But it's clear why they're doing it. This is not a big deal to them. This is not a big deal. Honestly, this is not a big deal to people who have common sense. It's not. And, you know, people keep going to, well, the bathroom or the attendant. Or they say, you know, the Patri- how can you say the Patriots didn't do anything to the footballs? Look, my main argument in this whole thing is that I don't care what the Patriots did to the footballs. Did they do something to the football? Maybe. As we know, quarterbacks do things to the football to get a better grip. My point in all this is that this isn't a big deal. Use common sense because everybody in the league is doing something to the football. And the testing of the PSIs has been pretty much non-existent before games until now. Just because it's in the rule book and they tell you that the refs do this every game, that's not true. They don't test the PSI every game. You have people that have been in the room that have spoke out and told us that. So there's another fact you're ignoring. You know, this is just players in the league right now who don't have an agenda and want to be realistic with people. It's not a, it's not, this is a whole lot to do about nothing. You heard Russell Wilson say it. It's a whole lot to do about nothing. Now, I'll get to the, uh, to the Michael Irvin quote. Okay? Here's Michael Irvin. Uh, he said yesterday, I have a problem with people questioning Tom Brady. And let me read you exactly what he said. He said, and this is Michael Irvin. I think it's unfair for us to question Brady when he has given us nothing to make us question his veracity in the past. All of a sudden, people are starting to say, I don't know if I believe him. I don't know if I believe him. Yeah, I had a problem with that. Irvin continues. He talks about the football. He says, I know it helps with the grip, but it kills the distance also. So a lot of noise about a lot of things. Danny was asked about Brady's legacy, and this is really Michael Irvin's strongest comments. And I got to applaud him for it. Michael Irvin says, quote, I would consider Brady, and I already consider him one of the best, if not the best. You're here in the Super Bowl six times, and nobody else has been here six times. Let the numbers speak for themselves. When we start talking, and I measure men and distance traveled, when we start talking distance traveled, there's not a man in sports, let alone a man in football, that has traveled any farther distance than Tom Brady. He's the greatest ever. That's Michael Irvin. Who played with a guy, by the way, who was damn good in Troy Aikman. And Troy Aikman has been has spoken out pretty loud about Tom Brady and the Patriots. Saying that, yeah, you cheat as if you're deflating the football. And you got to put that into question. So clearly the Patriots did something, he says. And clearly Brady knew about it. Oh, Michael Irvin's going the complete opposite way. Actually, Michael Irvin, you know what? He's, not, he's sort of 
the same stance as me, is that he's not coming out and saying, hey, the Patriots didn't do anything to the footballs. Look, I'm, I'm not, I've never come out and said that either. I think it's insane to think that if they did do something, the way they did it was a locker room tenant, a tenant going into the bathroom. That's crazy. That's not, and, and again, when you, the, the walkway at Gillette at that point in time, there's, there's people everywhere. He's taking two big bags of footballs into the bathroom. Don't you think there's, there's another way to be more secretive about that? If they're doing something shady in the bathroom, and that would be extremely shady, you, you're just going to be open about just walking in. You're not going to leave the footballs in the hallway. The kid's job is to make sure those footballs get from the ref's room out to the field. And when you get out there, you're out there for a pretty long time. You can't just drop the footballs off at the field and say, hey, I got to go take a piss. No, you're, you're somebody that needs to attend to the players. They don't care that you have to use the bathroom. They're getting ready for, for the AFC championship game. Okay? You only have a job because of these guys. Um, so, they didn't, if they did do something, they didn't do it in the bathroom there. They didn't. Now, I, I've never said that the Patriots didn't do anything to their footballs, but that brings me to my larger point why this doesn't matter. And I thought Belichick also pointed this out too. He said, guys, every team, every quarterback is doing something to the football. I don't know why we ignore that fact, right? Why we ignore it. I don't know why people continue to ignore that. I, 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 will have, I have no idea why. Um, but there's just, the nonsense continues. The nonsense continues. And yesterday was media day. Um, Heinz Ward was, Mike, I just read Michael Irvin. Heinz Ward spoke out about the Patriots. He said the Patriots' legacy, it's tainted. This season's tainted. Kurt Warner spoke out. He says now he wonders if the Patriots cheated in the Super Bowl. Well, of course they're going to come out and say that, right? These guys are guys that got beat by the Patriots. They're wondering why they got beat. Did, but, you know, I, I hope that, I hope that they don't really go to bed at night thinking they got beat because there was a one PSI le- less in the Patriots football than theirs, I, right? I hope they actually don't feel that way in real life. You know, they're saying this stuff publicly because they have an agenda. They got beat by the Patriots. Yeah, I'm waiting for the video where Kurt Warner goes into a bathroom and deflates 12 footballs. Right? That, that's what I'm waiting for. Uh, is, is he going to give us this test? It's foolish. People are now grown men uh, going out buying footballs, taking 12 footballs into a bathroom. And, and if you really wanted to perfectly recreate it, you'd, you'd take two bags of, of footballs with 12 in each bag because that's how many he had. And if you really wanted to recreate it, you would go down to Gillette Stadium and do it. Right? That You'd go in there and do it. You'd, you'd give me a full simulation of everything. Like the Patriots simulated and gave you the results. But the fact that people are even going out of their way to do that is absolutely ludicrous. Here's another headline. I had to uh, almost, you know, smash my computer against the floor this morning. Uh, I read a headline. Ron Borges says... Asked the question, will Deflategate keep, keep Tom Brady out of the Hall of Fame? <laughs> I mean, you got to be shitting me, buddy. You have got to be shitting me with that. It's just a complete joke. You know, there weren't as many questions about it yesterday at Media Day as I thought there would be. There were a couple. 
But nothing, it wasn't anything crazy. Wasn't anything crazy. Nothing as crazy as, you know, grown men going into bathrooms with footballs and letting air out of them and seeing how long it takes. But that brings me to my poll question of the day today. Because, you know, Deflategate has certainly stolen the headlines here the first couple days of Super Bowl week. Um, but the poll question today on DannyPicard.com is going to be, if not for Deflategate, now Pete, Pete, I need your help here. And I'm speaking to my producer, Pete Needham. Pete, I need your help. Because I have about, let's see, three, four, five, six, seven, seven options. I don't want to put seven options in the poll, so maybe we can narrow this down. If his poll of the day, if not for Deflategate, what would have been the top Super Bowl storyline? Brandon Browner versus his old team, the Seahawks. Now, you know that story. Brandon Browner was with the Seahawks last year. He got hurt with a groin injury, I think, halfway through the season. And... While he was out, he was suspended for the rest of the season. Uh, and then suspended. He was supposed to be, you know, last through the offseason. And obviously it goes the first four games of this year, which is what happened with the Patriots. He was suspended the first four games. He wasn't actually supposed to become a free agent, but they fought it. Browner and his agent fought it. And he became a free agent. And you know what happened from there. Um, but Browner now playing his old team. So Browner wasn't playing in the playoffs last year. He wasn't in the Super Bowl. He actually didn't even make the trip. He stayed home to watch his Seahawks win the championship. You know, Browner was part of that Legion of Boom. So that that's a storyline. So there's one option. Browner versus the Seahawks. Another one would be, who's the better cornerback? Darrell Rivas or Richard Sherman? Next, I have another storyline would be the Seahawks trying to repeat. And doing it in a fashion of beating both Peyton Manning, Russell Wilson beating Peyton Manning, and Tom Brady. Then I have Brady Belichick looking for their fourth Lombardi trophy. So you're talking about actual storylines that, that actual, matter. Real, that, that actual, real. These are real life storylines yeah. that actually, are, again, are real life or should be. The other one was Pete Carroll versus his old team, the Patriots. Which, which I don't, you know, that doesn't do anything for me, that storyline. The Pete Carroll storyline, I think if he went from the Patriots to the Seahawks, and that happened more recently, I'd say yeah. But he went to USC, right? We know what happened there. And here he is now going for a second straight. The Carroll Patriots storyline, so maybe I just rule that out right now. The last two I have, Russell Wilson, underrated. And then finally, Tom Brady versus the Legion of Boom. Earl Thomas, Camp Chancellor, Richard Sherman. Now we know Earl Thomas, Richard Sherman, both banged up. So I get seven here, Pete. Uh, I mean... Pete Carroll's out. Pete Pete Carroll, you want to eliminate him? He's done. So now we got six. I mean, I'd like to have four. If we wanted five, we could do it in the poll. I I really like the the cornerback matchup, the comparison. Better cornerback, Revis or Sherman? Yeah, I like that. How about Browner versus the Seahawks? You know, he was sitting... I think that's a... He was sitting at home during the Super Bowl last year. And all of a sudden, here he is playing, and not just playing, he's making an impact. He's making an impact, right? Uh, here's a, this is a, I took a screenshot of this um, earlier. I was reading a story about Browner, and this guy from ESPN.com, Terry Blunt, this in the middle of the story, you know how it has that box that has the guy's face, and it has more on ESPN.com, it's like a columnist. It has a link to his blog. It just has a little square with a little, like, like here's what he wrote. 
It says more on ESPN.com. This is in the middle of a Browner storyline last season talking about how he was suspended while he was injured and he's trying to become a free agent in the offseason. It says more on ESPN.com. Yes, Brandon Browner reached a deal with the NFL to reduce his one-year ban to four games, but that remains a severe penalty. His free agent value will be reduced because of the suspension, writes Terry Blunt. <laughs> yeah, okay. Sounds good. How's that, uh, how's that value working out for you? Because last time I checked, Brandon Browner... Brandon Browner is one of the most valuable players on this Patriots defense. Now, Revis is clearly the most valuable, but Brandon Browner is a close second. I will tell you that. And there's a couple guys that are battling there for second. You know, I I think that Jamie Collins certainly needs to be in the conversation. The things that he's done, the athleticism he's shown, and the fact that he has bought in, I think, mentally, um... And, and, you know, to, to, to have knowledge of the Patriots system like he does and really show uh, a, have a veteran presence out there for a guy only in a second year. It's pretty special. Um, but Browner versus the Seahawks, I got to keep that. Revis or Sherman, I got to keep that too. Seahawks trying to repeat? Is that? I mean, it's all right, we'll leave it there. Brady Belichick looking for fourth Lombardi trophy. Yeah. We might have to go five. Wilson underrated. Maybe we get rid of that. Russell Wilson underrated. I mean, I think he's underrated, but is it one of the top storylines? The, the question is, if not for Deflategate, what would have been the top Super Bowl storyline? You know, is Russell Wilson there if we're going to narrow it down? Or Brady versus Legion of Boom? I mean, I think Wilson underrated can go, and we'll go with five. Right? That's where we'll go. Lock it in. And if you ask me what the top storyline would have been going into this one, if not for Deflategate, I think that the top storyline would be Brady Belichick looking for their fourth Lombardi trophy. I think that's the top storyline. I think that would be going in. I, you, you know, the only reason that comes up now the only reason that storyline comes up now is because it's related to Deflategate where people are saying, well, if they win the fourth Super Bowl, it's going to be, as Heinz Ward said, tainted. Um, you know, you're going to have to put an asterisk next to it, some people said. Please, give me a break. No asterisk, no, nothing is getting tainted here. If the Patriots win, they win. Okay? PSIs in the football are going to have no, nothing to do with the result of this game. Now, as I mentioned, yesterday was media day. We got a couple funny clips we're going to play for you right now. But if you want to vote in that poll, make sure you it's right there as you're listening, dannypicard.com. It'll be up on iTunes soon. Maybe not this week. Hopefully by next week we're dealing with a little technical issue with them, but I'm going back and forth. I finally have their attention on it. Uh, so we got that. Uh, we, I was able to go home last night, and that was, that was fun. Because I really, as much as I love this studio, new studio here at Beantown Athletics in Dorchester, in Boston, Massachusetts, I just I I needed to go. I needed to go home. I needed to sit on my couch last night. I watched the I watched the Bulls and the Golden State Warriors. How about that, huh? Derrick Rose step back jumper, seven seconds left in OT. That's a potential NBA final matchup, by the way. NBA Finals matchup, Bulls Warriors. There's potential to that. I don't think you're crazy if you wanted to say that. 
I don't. I really don't. But Steph Curry with an awful turnover in the final seconds of the fourth quarter. I won't stick to basketball here. I'm just telling you what I watched last night. NHL returned last night. NHL All-Star game was over the weekend. It was terrible. It was horrible. Did you watch it, Pete, the NHL All-Star game? Briefly. What would you watch more of, the NHL All-Star game or the Pro Bowl? Actually, the All-Star game. You did. We had well, ver- different we had times. Games, All-Star so. game, NHL All-Star game is at 5. I think the Pro Bowl was at 8. I, yeah, I heard that um, Bergie was up for MVP candidate, so I, I had to check in. And, I did see— And I come to find out he wasn't even close I did see people. Patrice Bergeron— uh, excuse me, Tyler Sagan assisted Bergeron's goal, One, right? I, I, don't, I don't actually know it. I couldn't watch it. And at some point, I turned to the Royal Rumble, and that was it. I turned to the Royal Rumble. That, but, you know, that's the, the NHL's back. The Bruins playing tonight. Uh, so we got that for us the next couple nights. NHL and NBA in full swing. But all the attention is on the Super Bowl, as it should be. For some people, all the wrong reasons. With the Flakegate, it's foolish. I just want to move on. All right, but Media Day was yesterday. Here's, the, here's why people hate the media. You know why people hate the media? Because you have this big media day yesterday, right? You got Gronk. And, and I, let me just speak. It, look, both teams, uh, this is happening to both teams, but let me just specifically try to dig deeper into this by giving you a couple names. Gronk, Brady, Belichick, okay? I'll give you those three names. They spoke yesterday at Media Day. Now, I know there's some fun answers, and we'll play you some audio with some hilarious stuff here in just a moment. But you do Media Day yesterday. They, they, these guys, Brady and Belichick, talk when they get off the plane on Monday night. And then today, in their hotel lobby, they have to talk to the media again. What the hell changed in the last two nights to this morning. Here's the only thing that changed. Tom Brady's cold sounded a, a little better than it did yesterday. His, his stuffy, he was talking with a stuffy nose yesterday. That's a concern. But if it's only a cold and he's, get, and he's improving, which it sounded like today, that's the story I took out. That's what I got out of this today. But you want to know why people hate the media? Too much access. Now, there's some people that, you know, they need to to fill the word count on certain newspapers. Um, I, I, all right, I can see that. But, you know, and I, I guess I, I think about baseball. You know, when I used to cover the Red Sox as a reporter, and I'm not a reporter anymore, when I used to cover the Red Sox, you know, you're in the clubhouse before the game at 3.30 in the afternoon. First pitch is at 7.05, sometimes 7.10. You're in the clubhouse at 3.30 in the afternoon. I mean, if I'm a player and you're in my in, standing in front of my locker for over an hour at 3.30 in the afternoon for a 7 o'clock game, and then you're in there afterwards for another hour, it's just way too much access. It's just too much. You know, and, and I know that media coverage helps run the Super Bowl, but you've just done now with Belichick and Brady – You've done three straight days of media coverage and interviews, and I don't know what's changed in those three days other than Brady and his cold improving, or at least sounding like it's improving. But so the players spoke today. I didn't even know that was happening. But yesterday was media day. You got some light moments. Uh, we had Gronk, and Gronk, look, this is. Gronk, this is Gronk's day. This is I feel like Gronk really loves this. You know? I feel like Gronk loves the this type of stuff. 
this goofy stuff. Because he's a big goof, but it's hilarious. He had a couple funny moments. The funniest, I think, is when the girl makes him sing Katy Perry. And he wins an Xbox because of it. But here's Gronk singing Katy Perry yesterday. That wasn't bad. <laughs> Play that one more time. Give me, give me that one more time. That wasn't bad. That wasn't bad. Oh, man. I mean... That's you know it's it's kind of awkward to watch but funny at the same time. Uh, then you know my one of my personal favorites from yesterday is Bill Belichick talking about movies and he starts naming movies. He named um, American Sniper and, and then he you know and I could I couldn't really hear the question on this one. But he threw a he threw a bombshell at me, and I loved every second of it. Because if you know me and you listen to me during the holidays, uh, you know that I am a big fan of this movie, and so is Bill Belichick. Uh, Home Alone, definitely Home Alone, no question about that. Home Alone and Home Alone Two over the Christmas holidays. Oh, I, that's to hear Bill Belichick say that is absolutely amazing, and because I'm a big Home Alone guy. I don't know, you can roll your eyes all you want. But every time I watch Home Alone, I figure something else out. There's something else about that movie that I say, why is that happening? And, you know, this year was, you know, I don't even, I've never noticed this before. But when the old man goes into the church in Home Alone 1 to talk to Kevin McAllister, little Kevin McAllister, right? He steps up, he goes over to him. First thing he says to this kid, he sits down in the pew next to Kevin McAllister. What's he, seven? How old's Kevin McAllister in Home Alone? Pete. I think he's eight. Is he eight? Yeah, I think he's eight. Are you just guessing? I'm pretty sure. He's eight. Uh, actually, you know what? I don't know if they say I'm it a, or I'm not. I'm going to look it up. Look now. it up. How old is Kevin McAllister in Home Alone? Oh, however old he is. He's, he's not 10. Right? Can you agree to that, Pete? He's not 10? No, he's not 10. I think Macaulay Culkin was 10 at the time. But, yeah. yeah I, I mean, know. well, if this was a real-life conversation, we'd be there would be some real-life issues. Well, I think you're going to start putting a real-life comparison on Home Alone right now, so. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Well, here's the deal. The old man sits down in the pew, and this is in the movie. And the first thing he says to him, by the way, he's a scary dude. You know, this is the guy that slammed his hand down in front of him at the convenience store with, it, with a bloody hand. With his wrist ra- with his hand wrapped in full of blood. You, come on, that's what you're going to do? Slam your bloody hand down in front of the kid? You don't want to scare him? All he's doing is going to buy a toothbrush. Or at least trying to see if he can get a discount on one. That's it? You're going to slam your hand down? And then he's earlier in the movie, he sees him out in the street, and the guy's got a shovel, and he's giving him a death stare. The kid's seven. Now Pete's trying to figure out how old he was in the movie. Either way, he's young. So all that happens, the old man sits down next to Kevin McAllister in the pew in church, by the way, Christmas Eve, I mean, not making this next comment that the old man has any, any better. It's Christmas Eve. Old man says to him, first thing he says. Now, the look on, by the way, the look on Kevin McAllister's face at this point is complete shock. He doesn't know what to do. He thinks he's about to get brutally murdered by this guy. And I don't blame him based on the, the previous interactions that they've had. Here's what the old man says. First words out of his mouth. He says, you know, there's a lot of rumors going around about me lately. 
and none of them are true. <laughs> really? That's what you're going to say to the kid? That's the first thing that you say to this kid. That's the creepiest thing I've ever... Now, whoever's writing this movie, whoever wrote that movie, I mean, it sounds like they didn't just scare Kevin McAllister. It sounded like they also scared Macaulay Culkin into being a freak later on in life. So I, look, it sounds like that affected him in real life. It affected the kid. Pete, how old is he? He's eight. He's eight. He was eight in the movie. Yep. Yeah. So anyways, it's good that Bill Belich, sorry about that. It's that rant. It happens every once in a while. Bill Belichick loves Home Alone and Home Alone 2. I was happy to hear that. I was thrilled to hear that. Um, so you had Gronk singing Katy Perry, which was great. You had Belichick with the Home Alone comment. Uh, you had Brady, sounded like he had a cold. Richard Sherman didn't say anything crazy. He, you know, he mentioned the Marshawn Lynch thing. And, uh, you know, he basically said, hey, if Marshawn Lynch has to, uh, has to talk, Roger Goodell should talk every week. I, I like that comment, actually. But Richard Sherman, from what I hear, wasn't, wasn't that crazy. I'm actually surprised by that. Um, but Marshawn Lynch, this story... I was wondering what was going to happen, but you found out real quick what actually was going to transpire. We got a Marshawn Lynch audio, Pete. Here it is from yesterday. Marshawn hey, Lynch. I'm just here so I don't get fined, so y'all can sit here and ask me all the questions y'all want to. I'm going to answer with the same answer, so y'all can shoot if y'all please. I'm here so I won't get fined. 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 I'm just here so I won't get fined. Hey, I'm here so I won't get fined. I'm here so I won't get fined. I'm here so I won't get fined. All right, we get the point. He's here so he won't get fined. Uh, Everybody's heard that by now. To be honest, what's the point? You're going to make this? I mean, I know it's for the fans, but what do you really get out of Marshawn Lynch? What do you get out of it? I think he's... Pete, I think he's winning the battle. I think he's winning the battle. I don't even want to hear him anymore. I don't even want to hear that. Forget about it. When does it get to the point where they just just stop giving up? Just give up on asking him to come they, down? You know why they can't? Because, because then they break the rules for one guy. You're going to get more of that. You know, you're going to get guys who don't want to talk, and nobody wants to talk. All right? Nobody wants to talk, but they have to. Marshawn Lynch is just, you know out of his mind and crazy enough just to actually go through with this and and repeat the same answer. He wears sunglasses. He doesn't care what people think about him. You know, I think even a lot of the guys that hate it the most in the league, they at least get up there and and give some answers whether they want to be generic and go Patriot way and say, hey, we're just taking things one day at a time or we're on to the next team uh, or we're moving forward. We're not looking in the past or, you know, we're working to get better every day. You know, at least they're still getting getting up, and I think that's what the league wants. They just want these guys to get some face time. But Marshawn Lynch takes it a whole to a whole nother level. But if you break the rules for one guy, you know you're you're driving down a, a dangerous road there. If you're the NFL with regards to media availability, because you're going to get a lot of guys, I think, that'll say that's all you got to do to not talk to the media every week. That's all I got to do is just say the same phrase over and over again. You know what'll happen? Things will get out of control. And it, 
you know, none is out of control as Deflategate has got. But things will get out of, out of control. I, by the way, yesterday, media day, loved, loved the track jackets they had on. Loved them. You know, the white track jacket with the Super Bowl logo, the zip up, and the, the only thing I wish could have been different is maybe one team had white and one team had they have road color, the blues or something. By the way, I think I read the Patriots are going to wear the white jerseys in the Super Bowl. Is that true, Pete? They looked like Olympians the other day, didn't they? Yeah, it was pretty. Look, awesome? look, those track jackets are oh. pretty sick. I liked it. Now they used to wear the jerseys, which I'm not opposed. I'm not opposed to that because it's the first time you see their jersey that they're going to wear with the Super Bowl logo on it. And when you see that, and you're a fan of that team, that's when it hits you that this is real, right? That's when it hits you that oh wow, my team's going to the Super Bowl. And here's how I know it's real because. Tom Brady's sitting there with the Super Bowl logo on his actual jersey. That's cool. That's how I know this thing is not fake life. That, so that, that's, a, that's always a cool moment. The Patriots wear white uniforms. They're wearing white. Yep. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. The last time the Patriots wore white in a Super Bowl was 97 against the Packers. Correct me if I'm wrong. 2001 against the Rams, they won it with their blue jerseys. Uh, they won it against the Panthers with their blue jerseys. I believe, and they won against the Eagles with their Blues, or did they have the Whites against the Eagles? Just look up, look up a couple of pictures. I I, I want to say that they were the Blues. What do you got? They had, they had White against the Eagles. They did have White yeah, against the Eagles. White. All right, so my my facts are wrong on that one. Um, they did wear the Whites against the Eagles, huh? Huh. So so there's but they wore the blues against both times against the Giants. I believe they wore the blues both times against the Giants. They've worn the blues more than the Whites in the Super Bowl. I guess I think of Whites in the Super Bowl. I don't think of that Eagles Super Bowl. You know what I think of? I think of Bledsoe losing to the Packers. And I'm a Bledsoe guy. I'm one of Bledsoe's biggest supporters out there. I am. Always have been, always will be. And that was a tough one to take. That was a tough one to watch. Desmond Howard? Yeah. It was a tough night. Tough night. But that's... I, right? They wore the whites in that one? I'm not losing my mind on that one. Which one? Soup in 97? Yeah. In New Orleans? Bledsoe versus Favre? Uh, yeah, yeah. It was the whites. Yep. Patriots wore the whites. Okay. Yep. So, I, they're going to wear the whites this this time around. That That's... I I didn't think they wore the whites against the Eagles. All right. They wore the whites against the Eagles. Not a big deal. I'm a big uniform guy. I like different color schemes. I like breaking. I like talking about uniforms. I do. But, uh, so Patriots will wear the whites. Seahawks, I assume, will be blue on top of blue. They wear the blue jerseys with the blue pants. I assume that's where they're going with it. But yesterday they were wearing the jackets. Um, Also yesterday at Media Day, which I thought was one of the funnier moments of Media Day, Actually had to do, didn't have to do with the track jackets or anything anybody was wearing because Belichick had jeans, sandals, and, and you know, the sandals he was wearing were the sandals, um, it was the sandals that have the thing in the toe. You know, the sandals that you actually can wear with jeans? The sandals your dad wears. <sighs> My, a lot, the sandals a lot of people wear. You know, you walk down Broadway in the summer, you go into the playwright of the Bear Garden, on a Friday, Saturday night in the summer, you can get a lot of jeans and sandals look. And a, lot of, a lot of yuppies with yeah, jeans and sandals. I'm, I'm not a jeans sandals guy. 
You said it, Pete. I didn't. Um, just for the record. I, I'm not a jean sandals guy. I don't like the sandals with the thing on my toe. I just can't take, I can't, I can't deal with it. The only sandals I can wear are beach, uh, you know, beach sandals. Like, I, I, I have Jordan sandals. Now, that's what I have. Because they don't have the thing on the toe. Or I, have a, I had Adidas sandals before them. They don't have the thing on the toe. You know, they're comfortable beach sandals. I can't do it with that thing in between my big toe. And the, I just can't, I can't deal with that all day. Belichick had those on with jeans and his Patriots hoodie yesterday. But, so he wasn't wearing the, the track jacket. That would have been cool to see Belichick on one of those. But um, the funniest moment yesterday, the best moment of media day, definitely, without a doubt, in my opinion, came from Dave Portnoy of Boston Sports, uh, El Prez. He was at media day uh, in his usual uh, bow tie and tux, and he had a couple things for Bill Belichick. Uh, let, let, we, I, we got the audio here. Here's El Prez yesterday to Belichick. Audio's a little low, but... All right. Bill, 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 today at Barstool Sports, we went out to dinner in Nantucket. Why do you remember? <laughs> you got it. I do, and the second part of this question, moving forward, if you need anybody to murder, this next week, Felger, Zaz, Morris, Fidel, I'm your guy. You just tell me, we'll take out. No questions asked. Uh. Right now, I'm just thinking about Seattle. <laughs> That's unbelievable. It wasn't even a question, but it was still great. The second one wasn't a question. It was still great. The first one, he said, do you remember we had dinner in Nantucket? Um, I believe he's talking about the pizza challenge. He had Belichick do the, you know, uh, the pizza challenge, in which you have to rank the pizza. Take one. You only get one bite. And the fact that Belichick would even do that should just show people that Belichick, behind the scenes, when the cameras are off, I'm tell- I've been telling people this for years because I cover the Patriots, and the minute the cameras were off and times he was walking around and, and you would see him, he, you know, he had a smile on his face. He had some jokes with some people. I, 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 he's just a normal dude. And the fact that he would do that with El Prez in Nantucket, and I think that's what he's talking about, it just goes to show that Belichick is a normal guy. And he's even going to laugh at it at media day and, and, and acknowledge that he remembers it. And then El Perez asked him about, oh, he didn't ask. He said, if you need anybody anybody murdered, Felga, Maz, or Goodell, you let me know. I'm your guy. Uh, now, if you don't know, if you're listening from somewhere else, Felga and Maz are a, a very successful afternoon drive time sports talk radio show here in Boston on 98.5 The Sports Hub, also their TV simulcast on Comcast Sportsnet New England. And um, they have been, since this thing came out, just crushing the Patriots. They, this, there is in their minds, the Patriots did it. The Patriots cheated, and they need to be questioned and criticized because of it. Uh, you know, it's frustrating to listen to because I'll, they, they, they're not acknowledging a lot of facts in what's going on, and even common sense that a lot of players do stuff to the footballs. Again, they, they just, they're just not acknowledging that. Um, you know, El Prez, like myself, has a problem with the critics out there, has a problem with the people that are so adamant and attacking the Patriots for something that, as I mention and continue to mention, everybody does. And he says, you know, if you need me to murder one of those guys, you let me know. I'm your guy. Now, people have t- – I've read some stories of people saying, oh, can you believe somebody Somebody said that to Belichick? He murdered someone? And they're criticizing – listen – 
It was a friggin' joke, okay? It was a joke. People take shit way too seriously. And that's this is an example of it. Please, d- don't take yourself too seriously if you're one of these moron reporters that's out there now reporting, oh, wow, or you're calling, uh, calling him out for mur- saying he's going to murder someone. He's kidding. It's a joke, you idiots. It's a friggin' joke, okay? I mean, are we really going to, we're going to get serious on that? But look, El Prez is pissed like I am about this whole deflate cape. And El Prez went, ended up going on Felger and Maz yesterday afternoon, and I thought it was unbelievable. Um, I was, you know, I, what's going to happen now is they're going to, they'll get him on a, I would think, on a, some type of weekly segment. I don't know why somebody doesn't have him on a weekly segment anyways. You know, I was a little upset thinking that because I'd like to get him in here somehow on a weekly segment. But, you know, that's, look, that's one of the top radio shows, if not the top, um, in Boston. In Boston, So uh, that would be, I, I would think, a move that both sides will consider. I, I really have no idea. But I thought it was great radio. And, you know, he did a nice, he did a nice job. The, the part I wish, you know, here's, here's where people, I think, just speaking in general, again, back to Deflategate, because it always comes back to Deflategate, doesn't it? Everything here this week, last week, it's driving me insane. It all comes back to Deflategate. You know, on, in that segment, I heard Felga say something along the lines of, well, you blame it on the league, but you won't blame the Patriots. If you blame it on the league's process and you think the Patriots did something wrong, you're just not going to acknowledge that? You're not going to blame the Patriots? And, and it comes back to my original point with the Flategate is, listen, are you serious? You're just going to blame one team for doing something that every team does? Again, I know that in the rule book it says you need to have a football from, what, 12 and a, 12 and a half PSI to 13 and a half, or whatever it is. I don't, I don't give a shit about the PSI level. The refs, and we've heard this from people who have been in the room, they don't check the PSI levels before a game. Just because we hear this story now, because somebody knew the Patriots liked to use a football that was a little less, right? And and might have ratted them out. I think it was Harbaugh. I do. I think it was the Ravens. I think he didn't like that Brady called him out about the rule book. You know, somebody was in there that said, oh yeah, hey, get him with this. This is what he likes. And I guess if you look at the rules, they can get in trouble for that. And when that happened, people all of a sudden thought, oh, wow, PSI has always mattered in the league. The officials, they've always cared about that. Before the game, the teams bring their footballs in. We started dissecting the process of checking air pressure and footballs before an NFL game. And as, but as Belichick pointed out in his press conference Saturday, which I thought was one of the most important things, and I think people need to acknowledge is that when you have two footballs with the PSI levels that we're talking about the Patriots used compared to one that, by the book, would be official, you can bail, as Belichick pointed out, you can barely tell the difference. Okay? So it's not this crazy difference. And from what we know from other reports, and what we should have probably realized immediately, is that when the officials need to inspect the footballs two hours before a game, at that point in time, I don't know that the PSI in a football 
is the most important thing that's going on in their head. And from what we hear is that they take the football, they squeeze it to make sure there's enough air in it, and they say, yep, this one's inflated, this one's inflated, that one's inflated. I just, I'm not, I've never said the Patriots have never done anything to the footballs. My point is that they do things to the football that a whole lot of other quarterbacks and teams do to the football. And all of these teams have just been getting away with it for a couple of reasons. One, because the officials really don't check for PSI, okay? And it's only really a, I guess, formality in the rule book. And two, if a football is inflated and it feels inflated, they're going to let it be used. It just seems to be a common sense response when you hand an official a bag of, foot, a bag of 12 footballs. So I never said the Patriots never did anything to their footballs. I said that this is a stupid conversation because we keep hearing teams and quarterbacks say it's a non-issue. Everybody does something to their football. And everybody gets away with it because all, the refs don't test PSI. I mean, is it that hard? Is that that difficult to understand? But no, you get some people that just want to run with their conspiracy theories. They want to run with this fact that, well, if the Patriots did do something to a football, it took place in a dark alley. It took place in a dark bathroom with a Patriots locker room attendant who had a, a special needle in his pocket, and he went in. And we believe it so much that we actually have grown men going out and buying footballs and going into their own bathrooms with a bag from Ikea, and they are testing their own time when they deflate 11 footballs. Have we, We've lost our friggin' minds. It's a football. And we know quarterbacks do stuff to it. This isn't anything new. So the conspiracy theories drive me crazy because a lot of them are not based on facts or common sense. They're based on hate for the Patriots and they're based on agendas. And I'm glad El Prez was down there and is down there pointing that out to people. Nice job. And by far the funniest part of media day yesterday when he's asking asking Belichick if he remembers eating dinner with him in Nantucket. And he tells Belichick, he says, second question, wasn't a question, but says, if you need, <laughs> if you need me to murder Felga Maz or Goodell, I'll be your guy. And you know Belichick thought that was funny. You could tell by his response he thought it was funny because it was funny. And Belichick has rolled his eyes at this since day one. But he had to, but, but this, these, these people out here that get that criticize the Patriots' legacy, that get on TV and shed a tear and start crying, what do they do? What's happening? Well, all of a sudden you force the Patriots to come out, break out of the Patriot way, and defend their legacy publicly. And that's what Belichick did. And he did it after the team had to run through their own simulation of how they prepare the footballs before game. And as Belichick pointed out, it's embarrassing that he even had to spend a second of his time even thinking about the PSI in a football as the team prepares to play in a Super Bowl game. Embarrassing. Absolutely and utterly embarrassing that he had to even think about this. All right? And, it I mean, it is. It's It's... It's embarrassing. I'm embarrassed that we even have to talk about this. You got people saying, oh, will Deflategate keep Brady out of the Hall of Fame? 
Wait, what are you talking? What, what, what the fuck are people talking about? Driving me crazy. You know, and it's everybody outside of New England, too. It's not just the people I mentioned. It's not just the, the major national critics on TV or analysts. It's everybody outside of New England. Everyone you run into. I got people from other states texting me, people, fans of other teams. It's automatic. The minute they heard the story, they, yeah, they did it. Oh, yeah, this is what happened. Oh, yeah, Brady told them to deflate the footballs. Oh, yeah. Oh, locker room goes to the bathroom? Oh, there's no way he was taking a piss. He was deflating footballs. He brought those footballs in there. He should leave the footballs out in the hallway. Let someone steal them. Maybe he'll lose his job. I mean, like, what, what are people talking about? What's the kid going to do? Leave the foot? And they say, this is great. Now we're questioning his bladder. He couldn't have held it. What the, what the fuck are you talking about? He couldn't have held it? How do you know? You ever have to hold the piss in? You, I, what, I mean, think about this. The kid's going out to the field. I, I don't know how long he's out there for. He's just going to drop a bag of footballs off at Tom Brady's feet and say, hey, Tom, here they are. I got to go take a whiz. No. You th- if you think that happens, then you just don't live in the real world. Honestly. Yeah, he should have dropped the bag of footballs. This is what they say. No, he should have dropped the bag of footballs off in the hallway. And by the way, he had the Colts footballs too. Yeah, they should have left them all in the hallway. And look, I'm not saying that there's someone in the hallway that's going to steal the footballs. But when you have a job to do, and your only job is to take a bag of game footballs for the AFC Championship from point A to point B, you have a job to do? You don't just leave a bag. You don't just leave the footballs out in the hallway. Your Honor, would the court be willing to grant me a short bathroom break? <laughs> can it wait? Yes, it can. But I've heard that if you hold it, you can damage the prostate gland, making it very difficult to get an erection or even become aroused. <laughs> People want him to hold it, though. He couldn't He couldn't have held it in? He had to go that bad? That's what I heard people say. Did he really have to go that bad? You're telling me he had to use the bathroom? He had to go that bad? How do you know? Why are we even... Que- we've taken Deflategate, and we've turned it into questioning the bladder control of a ball boy. It's insane. I'm sorry, I wanted to move on. But I just, I can't. Because other people won't. And as long as other people won't, I can't. Because you did, how many people are out there defending the Patriots? How many people out there, more importantly, are defending common sense? El Prez is one of the only ones I know he gets to be on the scene for. Great job. I'm somebody that's doing it here back home. And someone needs to do it. You know? And I, I heard him say, he, you know, Prez was on uh, Felger Maz yesterday, and Felger says, well, El Prez says, I'm a fan, and Felger says, I'm not a fan. I don't get, I don't get paid to be a fan. I don't, they don't pay me to be a fan. Um, look, I, I mean, he's a radio host, right? Now, he's, I get he writes a column for Comcast, I guess, but, and me personally, I'm I'm a radio host too on the weekends. I mean, I'm not even close to his level. Obviously, Felga is, and for people who don't know, he's he's elite of the elite. There's no question about it. I mean, this guy is, um, 
you know, the voice here, sports radio. And um, so I'm not trying to compare where I am to him, but if you just want to talk about somebody who is behind a mic as a radio host, now I have this podcast, you know, I've been doing this for, since 2006. I've been on multiple radio stations. I'm on the weekend uh, on WEI here in Boston. And look, I'm not a reporter anymore. You know, I'm, I consider myself somebody that, that um, loves the team, teams in this town. I do. And even national guys, they all say, well, yeah, we got a team. So this idea that you can't sit here just because you're behind a mic and host a radio show, this idea that you can't sit here and, and, and speak with some common sense about an issue and pull out the whole I'm not a fan, I don't get paid to be a fan card, to me, is, it, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. You, because my point is you don't need to be a fan of a team to understand common sense. And what I've been saying since day one is that all these quarterbacks are doing stuff to the football. When I read the story about Eli Manning or I hear the story about Aaron Rodgers who pushed the issue with, uh, with the football and do things to it. But you think they're the only three, Brady, Eli, and Rodgers? Come on. I mean, we've heard people come out at every level say, no, no, no. There's a reason the, the teams have their own balls anyways. Everyone does it. Everyone does something to it. But I'm not calling out those other quarterbacks. I'm not a fan of the Giants. I'm not a fan of the Packers. But I'm, but I'm not calling them out. I'm not saying, well, they, you know, they should be criticized for what they do to the football. No. Why would I say that? You know why I don't say that? And I don't make a big deal out of it? Because they're one of many that do something to it. Okay? They are. But we we just can't we can't figure that out. People can't figure that out as just a com, as just being common sense. And I didn't make that up. That's not my opinion. I'm I'm listening. I'm hearing. I'm reading. Quarterbacks do stuff to the football. And if you don't want to, if you don't want that to happen, we shouldn't sit here and criticize the Patriots or question the bladder control of a friggin' ball boy. We should just tell the league to take control of the footballs and let both teams use the same football. It's a simple solution. But you know why that doesn't happen? Because every team wants their quarterback to have the best grip they possibly can on the football. And every grip is different. And everybody is a different Everybody is a different personal preference. The teams want that to continue. So even if the league try to change this, I guarantee you the players' union would say, eh, nah, we don't want that to happen. I bet you they'd put up a fight. I guarantee you they'd put up a fight. I guarantee it. But it just, it, again, that's my goes back to my point. You know why they don't want that to happen? Because they want their quarterback to have the best grip on the football that they can. And the reason they get the best grip on the football that they can is because they do stuff to the football. Do they take air out of it? We know they do, yeah. Do they put more air into it? Yeah, we know they do. You don't gotta be a you don't gotta be a fan and all that. You can be a you can be a fan of uh, you can Friday night you go watch curling night. In America, on NBC Sports, which they have, by the way, which is crazy. I tried, but here's here's the deal with that. I tried to give it a chance the other night, last weekend. I mean, good for them for putting it on. Curling night in America on NBC Sports Network. There's just something about it. There's something about regular season curling that I just can't take. Right? That's what it is. It's regular season curling, isn't it? I can only do Olympics. When the curling's in Olympics... That's I'll watch that. Did you check out the skip of the American team, the ladies ladies team? She's kinda hot. Really? Yeah. What's her name? I don't know. She's she, kinda hot though. You know what my first question always is to that? 
Is she on Twitter? I'll follow her. That's always my first question. Creepy, I know. But it is. Anyways, I just can't do the curling night in America. I can do curling night in Olympics. Not in America. Not regular season curling. It's not for me. But you could be a curling fan and know. You don't have to be a football fan to know what's going on here with this football stuff and the Patriots. But we've, we, people, some people just don't want to acknowledge it. Right? I've been sitting there trying to, to defend what's happened. Um, not deny, but defend. And also point out that some of the ways maybe things are done to the football are not in the bathroom with a locker room attendant. They're not. They're just not. So. <sighs> Deflategate, huh? Always comes back to Deflategate. Um, what else is going on? As we close, we'll wrap up the show in a bit, in just a few minutes. I would look, the guests, we had a phone line issue yesterday. We're trying to work that out. Um, in studio, it's tough to get people in studio with 30 inches of snow outside, right? So I know we got Wiggy in studio Friday, Jermaine Wiggins, former New England Patriot. I'm working on uh, a former player for tomorrow's show. We're still working on some things. What's tough, too, is that everybody that I, every football guest that I want to get on is in Arizona. And, you know, there's a, there's a couple hours time difference there. So we record this thing in the morning, early afternoon. It's, for some people, it's too early. And for others, they're out doing the media stuff, so they can't really make themselves available. It's a tough time frame for them, which makes it a tough time frame for us to get those guys. Um, but we'll, we'll keep working on it. We're going to close out the rest of the week tomorrow and Friday with some good uh, Super Bowl stuff. As I said, Wiggy in studio on Friday. Um... And we'll keep you updated on the guest list. Follow me on Twitter, at Danny Picard. Oh, yesterday, I do got to mention this. I got to mention this before I do close things out. There was a tweet yesterday. You know, you're following Twitter, obviously, with Media Day. Uh, Mike Reese, ESPN, he tweeted something out. He said, Lighthearted moment at Media Day when Chandler Jones, Patriots, Chandler Jones asked Adam Schefter, and Chris Mortensen, whose cell phone bill was higher? Schefter said the first bill. Schefter said his first bill was six thousand one hundred. That was that was the tweet. I immediately rolled my eyes at the tweet because I'm saying to myself, "This isn't this isn't media day for Adam Schefter, okay?" And nobody gives a shit what Adam Schefter's phone bill was. Now. Uh, me and Adam Schefter, I guess you could call it a little bit of history, right? We got a little history. Pete, would you say there's a little history here with me and Adam Schefter? I I think it's uh, I mean, one, he, a little one-sided. I don't know if one he knows side. Oh, he has no yeah, idea. He has no idea. He has, he has no idea who I am. He has absolutely no idea. So I, let me preface it with that. All right. Adam Schefter has no idea who I am. Even if I went outside and hit him right in the face with a snowball. Which, if he was walking down the street right now, there is no question. I would be leaving this show right away. We'd be putting this on pause. Maybe Pete would get the video camera out. And I would fire a snowball so hot at this guy's head, it wouldn't even be funny. But he still wouldn't know who I was, even if I did that. So it's a one-sided history, I guess you could call it. But I read this tweet yesterday. And I'm not knocking Mike Reese from ESPN Boston. Uh, Reese, he's my dude. Uh, former Boston Globe guy. I'm a former Boston Globe guy as well. Uh, so those, in a sense, are my people. 
some more than others. Mike Reese, a whole lot of respect for him. So I'm not knocking Reese. But the tweet and the details in the tweet, I'm knocking some of the people in it. Chandler Jones, again, during media day, asked, I assume Shefta and Chris Mortensen asked him a question, and Chandler Jones responded with a question. You know, it's media day's lighthearted. And Chandler Jones asked Adam Shefta and Chris Mortensen whose cell phone bill was higher. And Adam Schefter actually answered the question with details. Like, people give a damn. He says, I I don't have audio on this. I'm just reading the tweet. Adam Schefter apparently responded by saying that his first cell phone bill was $6,100. Who cares? Why are you telling people that? Like, I don't understand where you get off thinking that people actually care. Do you think that Chandler Jones actually wanted details to to that question? Please. He was, he was being lighthearted. He was be joking around like everybody else was. Chandler Jones does not care that Adam Schefter's phone bill was $6,100. That is his first phone bill was that. Now, if you know anything about Adam Schefter, you know the guy's on his phone 24-7. And if you didn't know that by watching him on ESPN, you certainly knew it when if you listened to when he joined uh, me on WEI, local radio station here in Boston. I filled in a lot during the holidays, and uh, I was on one of the shows in the morning, early afternoon, and uh, me and a couple other, uh, it was there were three of us in the studio. Look, Adam Schefter has a weekly segment with this show, and I was just a fill-in, and I w- all I was trying to do, all, honestly, all I was trying to do was make sure that I didn't ask any... Now, I ask, I've asked stupid questions in the past. I'm not going to deny that. I have. Everybody does. Right? I, I've, everybody does. But I, was, I wasn't trying to be my... See, I'd like to have a conversation with someone when, I, when they're on. And, some, and I like to give my opinion, too. I was trying really not to do that. And I was trying not to... I was actually trying not to put this guy in a bad spot thinking, Hey, this isn't my show. This isn't my regular segment. I have absolutely no business coming in here and making this about me. I just didn't want to do that. So I was being very careful here. You know, obviously you respect the job that Adam Schefter does. He's a hardworking dude. I'm not, I'm not discrediting the job that he does. He does a great job. He breaks a lot of news. He's worked very hard to get a lot of big-time connections. But let's face it, he's on his cell phone every two seconds, even on TV. When, let's face it, he probably doesn't have to be. Right? I mean, when you're, think about, think about, imagine if I was on sports tonight, on Comcast Sportsnet, you know, the 10 o'clock show where I sit there, it's like a, you know, Felga's there, maybe with Lou Maloney or somebody else as a host, and I'm in the guest seat, right? And I'm answering questions about the Red Sox or something, and I got my phone in my hand, and I read it, I read in a text in the middle of the conversation. Can you imagine if I did that? What would be said? Now, again, I know that I'm not Adam Schefter, and he's got a whole lot more connections than me, but it's the principle of the thing. You're doing a three-minute TV hit. You can't put your phone away for for three minutes? So anyways, you know, I didn't know that, that he actually comes out and acknowledges this and uses it as excuse to not do anything else. Um, so I asked him, and he actually brought up, it was the... It, this was January 2nd he was on this show, and I was on the radio show. He was Adam Schefter was over the phone doing his weekly segment. He had brought up earlier in the segment college football playoff, right? So 
here's here's the call, here's what happened. Hey, you mentioned the college football playoff last night. Uh, are you pleased with what you saw with the the format now? After now that we've seen semifinal games leading into a championship, I, you know, I really didn't pay much attention to it. I, honestly, I was on the phone all night with various people going over NFL stuff. So, I mean, it seems to be well received, and uh, looks like it'll be a great playoff game on January twelfth. And I, I would like to watch that game, but. I, you know, I'll be honest with you. I didn't get to spend as much time watching it as I would have liked. I'll be honest. I'll be honest with you. I'd, I'd probably be on my phone that night too, all night. I, could, I couldn't believe he answered the question like that. I could not believe he answered the question like that. Nobody in the room could. Nobody really in the studio could. Now, you know, we didn't we didn't mention it during the show because obviously it's not my show, and I have no business doing that. But, you know, I see this tweet yesterday about how Adam Schefter, Chandler Jones asked Adam Schefter and Chris Monson whose cell phone bill was higher, and, and Schefter goes into detail and says, well, my, my first phone bill was $6,100. And the first thing I thought of was with him saying that, I asked him if he watched the semifinals of the college football playoff because it was the night before. And he tells me no, and then goes into detail as what the reason was and says, I was on my phone all night. You know, I got, I kind of have no words for it. I mean, it's it, it just that quote says everything you need to know, everything you need to know. All right. And if he was walking down the street right now, I would go outside and, and just toss a snowball right off his dome. I would. And he, he probably wouldn't know it's coming. You know why? He'd be looking down on his phone, reading a text. But don't tell me about it. You don't have to come out and tell me about it. That's what he did. And he told the world yesterday, too, his first cell phone bill was $6,100. As if anybody cared. As if anybody cared. All right. Wrapping up the show here. Uh, Wednesday, January 28th. Make sure you listen every weekday. Um, Tonight, again, more NHL games. NHL is back. But last night, just this thought here. Pacquiao and Mayweather were in the same building. They were both at the Miami Heat game in Miami. They went up to each other. And I don't know what they were talking about. But we all know that that's a possibility, right? To happen now, Pacquiao Mayweather. And all I'm saying with that is, what took you so long? If that happens, what took you so long? Because this fight could have been at its best five years ago. They should have fought five years ago. Now they're going to fight when? In May? Maybe later? I have no idea. But I'm just letting you know that if that fight does happen, Pacquiao and Mayweather, if that if that sighting last night of both of them in Miami means anything, or if it means that they could possibly fight, I'm telling you right now, I'm just, I'll watch it. I'll go out of my way to watch it. But I'm just not that jacked up about it. Because I think Mayweather would have his way with him in the point game of course Mayweather doesn't knock anybody out he's you know point point defense defense point that's what he does he wins rounds he's a boxer but this fight would have been more of a fight five years ago so make it happen but they certainly they certainly lost out on a good opportunity a long time ago. That's all I'm saying. Here five days a week. Follow me on Twitter. 
Special thanks to Pete Anita, my producer. Mixing in some tunes right there. Mixing in some audio clips. DannyPicard.com. Soon to be on iTunes. Here at the Beantown Athletics Studio in Dorchester, Massachusetts. Talk to you tomorrow. See you.